0: We've got our Bibles. Let's turn to Genesis and chapter number 39. We'll begin reading in uh, verse number 7, 8, and verse number 9. The Bible said, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wadeth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my end. There is none greater in this house than I, Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I want to preach for a few moments tonight on what I call the ministry of thanksgiving. The ministry of of thanksgiving. I don't know if we realize the value, the importance, and the weight that thanksgiving carries in heaven. Nor do we realize the very benefits and fruits of thanksgiving here on earth. I do believe that our gratitude and thanksgiving is the difference Between enduring life and enjoying life. It is here in our text that this woman approaches Joseph to entice him. I think that there's probably two motives behind it. One, no doubt, an immoral motive. The other, possibly a jealous motive. Because I noticed that Joseph says to her, there's none greater in this house than I. And no doubt those motives became the lethal weapons in which she would use to try to trip Joseph and lure him into temptation. He is not only handsome, but he is higher than she is so if she has her way she will rule him and she will ruin him but as I pondered this text I realized that the sole defense that he had against this temptation this trial this luring was a heart of gratitude He was too thankful to give in to that. The Bible said in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And I notice that it seems to be this, this power of thanksgiving. That becomes the overwhelming influence in his life at this time. You know as I thought about thanksgiving i looked up that word throughout the bible especially in the songs and i realized that you hardly ever find it by itself anywhere that thanksgiving takes place there are as your pastor used the word kindred spirits that seem to unite and show up where that heart is some of those things as i As I looked them up, of course, was uh, wherever you find thanksgiving, uh, you're going to find praise. Read the Psalms. It'll use the word thanksgiving, and then it'll have praise. In other words, a heart that is thankful will will erupt in praise to God. Praise will show up. It's kind of like a family reunion. It'll just automatically be there. And then you'll find the word joy or rejoicing, wherever you find this matter of thanksgiving. And the word thanksgiving, by the way, embodied in it is the word grace. Because it is this matter of realizing that you're receiving something unworthily. And your heart wants to give praise unto God and gratitude and thanksgiving. And so the moment that you begin to thank God, all of these other kindred spirits move in and they take over. and of course, the opposite of that is your heart is either filled with thanksgiving or on the other hand, you are complaining or you are bitter and so on. Yes sir. And of course, when that takes place, then all of those kindred spirits that I don 't want anything to do with yes, seem sir. to come in. And seem to take hold. I want to say to you that this matter of thanksgiving. You underscore this. This matter of thanksgiving. Is the cure. For whatever ails your spirit. Amen. Makes no difference what it is. Thanksgiving. I can't offer you. I know there are a lot of cure-alls in this world. But. uh I can't think of anything else that will do for you what a heart of thanksgiving will do. And there are things that will come out of the well of thanksgiving that will so benefit you and so bless you. And so let's look at this little text right here and let's notice this thought of of the ministry. How that thanksgiving not only ministers to God, but it in turn will minister to you. In great ways. First of all, I would suggest to you that this uh, this matter or this ministry of thanksgiving kept Joseph focused. It kept him focused. It would have been easy, as we know, uh, the hardships and heartaches of Joseph's life. For him to have thought and pondered those events day after day but somehow he refused to do so he set his mind upon things that were much better than that he had an appreciation for the very purposes of god and the processes of men in his life and as a result of that he was able to to see his dreams fulfilled Uh, He was able to, to constantly accomplish the duties that were at hand. And thank God he saw and was able to enter into the destiny and purposes of God in his life. Simply because that he had a heart that was filled with gratitude. He had a heart that was filled with praise. He had a heart that was filled with thankfulness. It kept him focused. It is easy for you and I to begin to look at the issues that have somehow affected our lives. And we're all human. And we live in this world that's made up of humanity. And there are all kinds of offenses that we will experience and that will come our way. And if we're not careful, that's all that we will think about, all that we will ponder on. But if temptation or trials come in your direction, you're not going to be helped by thinking of those things. The thing that's going to deliver you is the fact that you can't get over what God has done for you. Your mind and heart is filled, as I say, with this thing of praise. I used to pastor a dear sister back in the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, She passed away in her 90s, and she was somewhere in her 80s at this time. I remember one Wednesday night, she came down the aisle with her cane in her hand. She came straight up to me, and she said, Preacher, I ought to whack you over the head with this cane. I said, Sister Laura, that seems hard you. Why why would you do that? She said, well, on Sunday night, you told us that we ought to go back home. And before we went to sleep, when we laid our head on the pillow, we should begin to count our blessings. She said, I did that. And it was three o'clock in the morning before I got to sleep. (laughs) Well, I'm here to suggest to you that if, An 80-some-year-old woman could stay awake until 3 in the morning counting the blessings of God. You and I ought to have something to thank God for. I was looking up that little word with this thought in mind, that little word, thanks or thank. And uh, I noticed that in the Anglo-Saxon Old English that that word was a word that that was instead of the word think. In other words, they didn't have a word think, it was thank. Now, you and I are Southerners for the most part. We understand that because we have a dual purpose for the word thank. One, we can say, I thank you. And the other is, we say, I was a thank you. The old English word for think was thank. The emphasis of that is, is that you need to be thinking, thinking. Amen. Because if you're not thinking, thinking, you're not going to think like you ought to. And if you're not thinking like you ought to, then you're going to get in trouble somewhere along life's journey. Right. But thank God he was, he was focused on what God was doing in his life. Amen. He couldn't get over that. He was focused even on the human level. He he was uh, praising even his master for how good that he had been to him. His thoughts were on heavenly things. He is thanking and so therefore it retains his very focus. The second thing that I would emphasize to you. Is that in the ministry of thanksgiving. Not only does he remain focused looking at things that need to be seen, meditating on things that are better than how others have treated him. But I notice in this text, as a result of his his gratitude, his attitude of gratitude, that not only does he remain focused, but thank God he remains faithful. Did you notice what he said to her? The Bible said in verse number 8, but he refused. Yes. And said unto and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master warteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin? Against God, he remains faithful. But what is it that keeps him out of trouble? It is his thankfulness. Amen. He says to her, "Now hold it just a moment. I've been a thinking, and what what I've been a thinking is is that God's been good to me, Amen. and also my master has been good to me. And as a result of that, I don't have time." to fool with you. Now, the truth of the matter is, anytime you find a man that is thankful, you're going to find a man that is faithful. That works in every area of life. It works for a man, it works for a woman, it works for all of us, 100% of the time. You got a man that is thankful for his wife, you're not going to have to worry about him on the job or anywhere else. He's going to stay faithful. Yes, sir. You've got a woman who is thankful for her husband. You're not going to have to worry about her either because she is going to remain faithful. Amen. I tell you that this matter of gratefulness will always breed faithfulness. But yet on the other hand, if we allow contention in our hearts, if we allow bickering in our hearts, If we begin to nitpick and see one another's faults as a lot of times we do and we don't think much of it. But what we're doing is we're opening up doors. We're losing our defense and the devil will sweep in when you don't or you least expect it. Because he can overcome you. You don't have a heart of defense because you don't have a heart that is grateful and you don't have a heart That is thankful. But thank God he has a grateful heart. And as a result of it. He has a faithful heart. That works in marriage. That works on the job. That works in the church. When you find a person that begins to find fault. Then they're going to find a way out. They're going to search for a way out. Because they've got discontentment in their heart. I read of a little phrase, a little saying, that said that uh, discontentment or ungratefulness is the fertile soil in which many sins can grow. Think about that. Ungratefulness is the fertile soil, the very ripe soil in which sin will seem to thrive. But here Joseph has been meditating Joseph has been thinking. Joseph has been thinking, And Joseph has been praising God. Now he didn't just start thinking this way. He's been meditating on it all through the events of his life. Yeah. Somehow he didn't allow what his brothers did to him to draw him down. That's right. Somehow he didn't allow what happened with the Ishmaelites to weaken him. Somehow he remained sturdy amidst becoming a servant. But the whole reason why he did is, and and by the time that we get here in our text, he is able to withstand the great force of evil coming from this woman simply because he couldn't get over what God had done for him. He has a heart that is thankful. And as a result of it, it has kept him focused on the right things, and it has kept him faithful. Aren't you glad for the spirit of thankfulness yes, sir. that retained will cause you to be faithful unto the Lord? Amen. Romans 1.21 said, Because that when they knew God, right. they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. It became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened as a result of it. Anywhere you find a heart that is ungrateful, trouble is just around the corner. Think about that prodigal son. I didn't have to go off into the far country. I didn't have to know anything about the far country to know that he was heading for trouble. Because when I listened to the way that he talked to his father, when he said, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, I could tell by his attitude of entitlement that he was ungrateful and therefore he was headed to trouble. But I'm going to tell you, had I slipped down to the hog pen and been there that day that he had the special visit. You say, what visitor did he have? The Bible said, when he came to himself. And he got to talking to himself. And the attitude of his heart changed. And I don't care how low you go. If you begin to thank God, you're going to pull out of that condition. And so he began to think about what the daddy had back at the house. He began to be thankful about his father and about his home. And he went back home with the attitude of saying to his daddy, daddy, I'm not worthy even... To be one of your hired servants. But I'm going to tell you. Heaven. All heaven needs to hear. Is a heart that is thankful. And it is that thankful heart. That will keep you. In the times of struggles and trials. I was thinking about the apostle Paul. The bible enumerates all the trials that he had. He talks about it. He said I was shipwrecked. In the deep. He said, I was beaten three times, 39 stripes. And who knows how many times he was put in jail. And of course he was stoned and left for dead. The question would be asked, how in the world would a man be able to persevere all of that persecution, all of that hurt and all of that pain that this world would put upon him? Well, as I began to read the letters and the writings of the Apostle Paul, I found that there was a prominent expression in those books. Fifty-seven times in one form or another, he uses the word thank or thankfulness. I believe the thing that kept him going was what happened to him the night that he was put in prison at Philippi and he began to sing and make praises unto God and of course the jail cells open, and uh, heaven came down and glory took over the situation. Why? Because one man couldn't get over how good God was as was preached this morning and his heart was filled with praise and there was nothing that this whole world could do to affect him from being faithful Because he was thankful. I want to say to you that the greatest, greatest defense against this old world, the devil, the flesh, and everything else is a heart that is thankful to God for everything that has come its way. I'm here to tell you he's thankful. Yeah, because he's thankful, it ministers to him. He's able to remain focused, and thank God that he is able to remain faithful. I want to be that, don't you? I want to know that I'm going to persevere under the end. But here's how I can always know: check my heart as to how I feel. About the circumstances of life and what God is doing in spite of everything else. And I'll know if I'm going to be faithful to God tomorrow. Amen. But oh, when your heart gets cold and indifferent and ungrateful, then you're headed down the road of disaster. That's right. So I say to you this matter of of thankfulness, how that it, it keeps him focused and it keeps him faithful. The last thing I would point out to you in this text is that this, this ministry of thankfulness seemed to set him free. Now, someone would say, well, preacher, doesn't he go to jail or prison? Well, there were those physical bars that he was put behind, I will agree. But I would suggest to you that you can't bind the spirit of a free man, a thankful man. And though he may be seemingly down, he's not really down. You can't never go down when your heart is great. You say, well, what's happened? God is using the circumstances. It's just another step. To bring him up. In other words, even though they are putting him in prison, God had something bigger intended for his life. He's fixing to take him to the throne. And I'm imagining that if you could have interviewed Joseph, and you could have said, Joseph, what is it that has brought you to all of this prosperity and all of this power? I think his answer would have been, I was uh, thanking how that I was thankful no matter what was going on in my life. And I thanked my way out of everything. No matter what you're in. No matter what you're under. I want you to know God will bring you out easily if you'll thank your way out of it. And all he did was just kept on praising and kept on thanking until God set him free. Setting free. Leading him not down or in, but taking him out. Now when you think of the reverse of that, let's suppose that Joseph had a taken the attitude. Well, I had not seen my daddy in I don't know how many years. Don't even know if he's alive. That's right. I've been sold. I've been bought. I've been mistreated. I've been hated. I've been made a servant and a slave out of. And I might as well just go ahead and throw in the towel. But if he had done so, you talking about living in bondage. That woman would have accomplished what she set out to do. Because what would have happened was. Is he would have been put under her thumb the rest of his life. And he no longer would have been the greatest one in that house. She would have been. And he would have found himself walked up by the spirit of a wicked woman. And I tell you this world would love to bind us. But they can't bind you unless you will it to be so. And if you continue in spite of everything and anything. To praise God and thank God. I want you to know that this world will not be successful in defeating you. It will set you free. Thank God for the heart that is free. One that refuses to be like the brothers. One that's not going to subject itself to be like the enemy. One that is not going to become like those who maligned and mistreated. But you are going to keep a heart that's set on God and you're going to thank Him every day for everything that He's ever done for you. And I've noticed that What happens with thanksgiving is that once you thank God, now understand this, if you can find one thing to thank God for, what will happen is it will multiply on you and you will find two things. And if you can find two things to thank God for, it won't be long till there will be three things. As a matter of fact, did you know that's why heaven is eternal? Because it's going to take that long to thank him for what he's done. It'll be more than you can enumerate and more than you can count. Just find that one thing. No matter what it is, no matter what, now listen to me, no matter what the circumstances, the situation, no matter what the person is, no matter what has happened, Look into that thing, whatever it is, and say, God, I'm going to find one thing to thank you for. And once you do, it's going to multiply. Thanksgiving always multiplies. If you don't believe it, John chapter number 6, Jesus was there with the five loaves in his hands and there were many thousands out there needing to be fed. Some man said, "Well, how the world is he going to feed all them with five loaves?" I'm going to tell you how. The Bible said, "You read it." said He raised his head toward heaven and he said, "Father, I thank thee." Yeah, right. right. And just that little phrase multiplied the bread to feed the whole multitude. And no wonder we ought to pray over our meals and yes. thank Amen. the Lord. Yeah, right. And then I thought about this power of Thanksgiving when he stood at at the la- at, at the tomb of Lazarus. Yeah. Been dead for four days. Stinking by now. And while he stood there. The first thing that he did. He raised his head. Read the text. And he lifted his head toward heaven. And he said father I want to thank thee. And a dead man come out of the grave. Now you tell me that thankfulness don't work. You try. And I promise you. That if you will allow the spirit of thanksgiving. To take over in your heart that you're gonna you're gonna find a well of blessings you never knew even existed I was thinking about that little gal that came out of moab by the name of Ruth you remember that story yeah she was poor and her mom-in-law was poor didn't have anything and she said to her mom-in-law She said, Mama-in-law, I'm going to try to find a field in which I can find grace. Now get your strong strong quarters and you will find out that that word thanksgiving contains the word grace. So what she was saying to Mama-in-law is, I'm going to go out and see if I can find something to be thankful for. And she entered into that field. Looking for one thing. She didn't want a whole lot and she could give enough to make a biscuit for her and the mama. Yeah. Yeah. And when she entered into that field, she knew that she couldn't get in there with the reapers. She'd have to come behind and glean or go into the corners. And so she did that. And as she went in and began to look, she's a looking for one at a time. And can you see her? She reaches way down in there looking for something to be thankful over. And she said, Oh, I see one. And she gets it out. Now, see, our problem is we've got to have a whole lot before we'll even begin to thank God. That's right. That's right. But, honey, I'm going to tell you, you'd be blessed a whole lot sooner if you could find some little things to thank Him for. And she found that one little one and put it in there. And she said, I'm still looking for something to be thankful for. And she reached in and got another one and another one. And a- until she got, no doubt, a handful. About that time, Boaz came to town. Walked out in that field and told the guy that was over the, the field. And said, uh, anything big happening around here today? Well, I said, the biggest thing I know anything about I Said that gal right there. I said, what are you talking about? I said, she came in here this morning. Said she just wanted to see if she could find something to be thankful for. And said, I've noticed her actions and reactions. She's out there where there ain't a lot, but it don't take a lot for her. You can tell that she's thankful for every one she finds. Boaz said, well, I'll go down and introduce myself. He went down. I'm going to tell you, thankful people, draw folks. And God gets near to those humble hearts. And so he goes over and he said, gal, I've heard about you. I've heard you come here to be thankful. And I've been told that you're thankful for your mother-in-law and how God has blessed you with her and and all kinds of things. He said, I'm just wondering, you want to eat lunch with me? She said, well, i come here to be thankful over one or two things. And I'm not worthy to be like one of your handmaids. He said, that's all right, honey. I like thankful people. Come and eat with me. She went and eat with him. Make a long story short, she, uh, he said to her, darling, if you don't mind, I'd like to marry you. And I'll go up here to the courthouse and get all of that settled up. And of course he did. Now what you got to understand, this little girl looking for something to be thankful for didn't have much. But she married a rich man by the name of Boaz. Now I'm going to tell you, if you take a poor woman, and she marries a rich man, what's that make her? Rich. A rich woman. Now he may end up poor, but she's gonna be rich as far as that goes. And, and so now she's she's married, and can you see? As she's standing up on the porch looking out over all that stuff that she was thankful for. Said I remember the day when I thanked God for the first little old season. And said then I look like I had hundreds in my hand. And said now I've married him. And look there, there's a billion things to thank God for. I don't Amen. I don't have enough time in my day to I just sit around trying to thank him for everything's out there. And I can't get it done. Amen. Amen. It's getting bigger and bigger. I'm here to tell you, if you can find one thing to thank God for, it'll multiply it two. And it'll Amen. turn into three. And before long, it'll be more than you could ever imagine. Amen. Then the day came. She had a little old great-great-grandchild by the name of David. She'd only had to live to the fourth generation for that to have happened. I know a lot of four generations. She a young woman. I don't know for sure that happened. But since I'm doing the preaching, I don't want to preach. <laughs> and I can imagine one day the little old boy is running up to her. She's an old lady now. Said Mama Ruth, did you get the news? She said, What news? Said the prophet Samuel just come down from Shiloh, and he's poured all on your great great grandson. Looked like he's going to be the next king of Israel. She said, Woo! It's getting bigger and bigger. Somebody said, Who is that little old lady that runs around the palace like she owns it? The man said, Don't mess with her. That's the king's great great grandmother. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to tell you, thanking God, finding some just look for one thing. Yes, you might be married to a here. It's been a while since you could see anything good in it. You've wondered why you're married. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you want to take the misery out of that marriage, get along with God and say, God, show me one yes. thing to be thankful for. And I promise you, it'll grow to two and three. And it'll make a difference even in your marriage. Yes, Before I ever even preached this sermon, I had a fellow say that he was a chicken farmer in, in uh, Alabama. And he said him and a fellow went in together raising chickens. And he said the company that we were working for just wasn't doing us right. They would not giving us the chickens on time. They weren't giving us the right kind of food. He said and we complained and complained complained. Talk bad about them and run them down. Over a period of years. And he said, Well, it wasn't going nowhere. And he said, One day, I was in my bedroom and said, I was praying about it and said, God stopped me in my tracks. And said, I'm going to tell you why you're not prospering. And said, You got an ungrateful heart. And he said, That company, as much as you think they're doing you wrong, they're feeding your children and paying your bills. And said, What you need to start doing is thanking me. He said, right then God filled my heart with thankfulness and I thanked Him for everything I'd ever received from that company. Amen. said, I met the next morning. I couldn't wait to meet, meet, with, meet with the man that was uh, partners with me in it. And said, I told him, hey, we're going to have to change things around here. He said, what is it? He said, I got to praying last night and figured out what the problem was. He said, what is it? He said, we ain't a-thanking God's what's the problem. Amen. And he said, we started on that day every morning of finding something to thank God for about that company. And he said, preacher, I want you to know, this is one year later, I've made more money this year than we made in our lives. And he said, I attribute it to one thing, because I became thankful. Amen. You might have a not young man and all you do is sit around and think about how bad they are and what they're doing. It may be drugs and everything else, but honey, you begin to think about that thing, and I promise you, in the midst of that old hole, you'll find one thing you can think Yes, now wait, going to back up because I don't want to mess it up for you. I don't want In everything. Okay. <laughs> amen. Did he say everything? Amen. In everything. Amen. Well, if he said in everything to give thanks, there must be something in everything <laughs> that you can thank him for. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever find that, boy, you're on the right trail, man. Yes, sir. And everything in thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. Right. Amen. The thing that let Joseph overcome, there wasn't enough hell that could come into his life that he couldn't pause and say, Lord, I see something to I thank you for. Amen. And Amen. carry him through all of it. Yes. yes. Give you this illustration now. Right? Because I'm talking about the ministry of thanksgiving. Amen. It's going to help you. Yes. 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 It's going to minister to you as yes. much as it ministers to God. Because yes, he'll just send it right back in your direction. Amen. In everything, give thanks. Back in December, uh, my brother passed away up in Mason Town, near Morgantown, West Virginia. It was a a real dark, bad situation. Drank all his life like my dad did. Went down that same road. Had four daughters late in life, and they're still in their 20s, but all four of them on drugs. That's where this little girl came from that my daughter adopted. Anyway, I got the news. I was preaching out in Mississippi that my brother had died. And so I began to prepare to go up there to preach his funeral. And as I was driving up the road, the Lord sort of spoke to my heart, Brother Doug, and he said, now, I don't want you to go up there and deal or preach about the, the darkness. They know all about it. I want you to go tell them about some light. And he said, I don't want you to go tell them about death. He said, they've lived it and watered in it. I want you to tell them about life. Amen. He said, I want you to go up there and point them to me. And tell them that they don't have to live like this. They can turn the page. And he said, tell them that I said they're special." So much so that I sent my son to die for him. That's how special they are. So I went up there to that funeral with that on my heart. And that's all they'd ever known. He had a bar right in the front yard that that he had owned ever since he'd been up there for years. And you know the hell that comes out of all of that. And uh, so I went up there with this on my heart. But here was the, the problem. I didn't want to go up there and preach that funeral as if his life never existed and that there was no past. I didn't want to make him think that I was covering up something. But my difficulty was, is how was I going to get from all of that to the place that I could point him to the light and to the light? Because the Lord had already told me not to deal with that. But how, how to cross over? I'm still thinking about, I'm still thinking about thanking In everything, give thanks. I went in, I asked the family, I said, Now, this is your husband and your father. Whatever you want done here, you just let me know. I'm here just to preach the funeral. They said, Well, Dana, all we want is two songs. And said, uh, that's it. And so I went back with, uh, to see the director to set up the schedule of the service. And she told me the same thing. She said, the family only wants two songs. And I said, well, okay, what are they? And I done determined I wasn't going to say anything about any of them. They said, well, and this was all right to me. They said they want uh, Amazing Grace by Elvis Presley. I said, well, Amazing Grace is good by anybody in a situation like this. I'm just glad they wanted Amazing Grace. And then she said something that just about floored me. She said, and didn't tell me what the song was, she said, and they want a song by George Jones." I said, oh, Lord. George ain't going to be able to help me in this service. <laughs> And I'm here to tell you, I would have given a thousand. I'd have borrowed a thousand dollars for George not to say. <laughs> I mean, I was raised in barlands. I, I, mean, I, you know, I didn't have a mama. My dad raised me as a drunk. Uh, he was a drunk and raising. And all I heard was those old whiny tunes. She's gone again with another. Could be your brother. All that stuff. <laughs> and the only song that I ever knew about George Jones was uh, he stopped loving her today. And knowing my brother, I thought, oh, Lord, surely we're not going to listen to that.
1: My heart was burning. I had
0: something to say, but, oh, George didn't fit in. I didn't say anything, but I said, "I, I did say, let's put George first. And I thought, I'll get rid of George. I'm still thinking now in all things. The key to George's song was I Supposed to come in and sit down, come by the, the body, and then sit when I sat, they were going to play that over the end on the song. So I sat down, and when I sat down, here it come. Now again I tell you, I'd have paid a thousand dollars not to hurt George sing. <laughs> but they began to play that song. I didn't realize that. Before he died, he he sang a song that was his life's testimony of being a drunk. And it shocked me when the first words began to come out. I don't know if anybody's ever heard it. It's called Choices. Anybody ever heard his song? Got too many saints in here. Never heard George Jones' song, Choices. But listen to this. I've had choices since the day that I was born. There were voices that told me right from wrong. If I'd listened, no, I wouldn't be here today living and dying with the choices that I have made. I'm going to tell you something. I just got that first verse. When I heard that first verse, I broke down in tears. Yeah. George sang everything that I didn't want to have to say. And they too And I'm going to tell you, when he began to sing after that first verse, I'm going to, the Holy Ghost come down <laughs> in that place. And, and I'm fearful. And I got up and I said, Oh, Lord, here's what's going on in my heart. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, there were tears all over that place. And I got up and I began to preach Jesus to life and life. What a difference. Amen. And I'm gonna tell you, I've been I've been shocked. I've been spiritually shocked several times in my life, but never like that. You see, I said no oh, more. I got in my car. And as I was driving down the road, the thought came to my mind, if you can thank God for George Jones in a funeral. You can just about thank God for it. Yeah. Amen. 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 The very thing I didn't want to deal with, the Holy Ghost used that song to reach down into that darkness oh, and mean. pull out light. Yes. Amen. And I still can't explain it. Amen. But I don't have to. Try. I'm just so thankful. I am so thank yeah. Joseph could thank God as a servant. He could thank God in enslavement. He could thank God in a pit. He could thank God in prison. He thanked God through it all. Yes, yes, yes. And it multiplied on that. I'm here to tell you. Whatever your worst situation is, look in it. There's something in there that you can give God the glory. Right. And once you find it, you found the key. You found you found the cure for whatever ails your
1: spirit.
0: Did you hear me say that? Yeah. The cure. Yeah, you see, what's going on around you is not the real problem. It's what gets in. You. That's right, man. That's right. But the cure for what gets in you oh, God. is when, yeah, you're thankful. Yes. Amen. Oh, let us not take it for granted and grumble and complain. Be ill spirited and find all. That. If anybody ever had a right to be angered, Joseph did but he wouldn't do it because he was thankful thankful the ministry and I Amen. Amen. said Joseph how would you get through all that and I said I just thanked my way through he said I just was a thankful I was thankful That's you. your thankful be filled Amen. Let's stand. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes. Could be tonight.